What's up to the point, listeners? It's your boy, Chris. I want to give a little L-O-V-E to a sponsor coming into Rhino X, a big sponsor, Nuvi, the smartest thermostat in the game. They came in in a big way as our day session sponsor, as well as sponsoring the concert to close out Rhino X with my man, Nelly. This is the first thermostat made by contractors for contractors. The only thermostat that connects straight to the CRM. This thing will even dispatch the technician from the thermostat. How badass is that? So thank you to my friends at Nuvi for coming in in a big way. I'm excited to hear more about it. Now enjoy this episode with my man, Mr. Keith Mercurio. Hey, to the point listeners, welcome back to part two with my man, Keith Mercurio, on being a really good listener. Don't forget again to go and watch the YouTube version of this. It's so good because part of this is body language. So you'll get to see some of those references between Keith and myself on the YouTube channel. So please go check it out. Now enjoy part two with my man, Keith Mercurio. This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting... To the point. Yeah. All right. So I love this. And you just triggered something that I had wanted to share earlier is I think the first, like, you know, like if we could uh, just ask people to kind of go back and understand what is listening, like listening is actually an active conversation we're having with ourselves about what someone else is saying. So the words don't just go out of your mouth and land in my, you know, through my ear holes into my brain in the exact form that they were, that they exited. What happens is I'm going through an internal conversation with my second voice that lives up here and never stops talking. That's, that's interpreting, trying to understand, judging, asking questions, passing, whatever. And I'm having an internal conversation with myself about what you just said to interpret what you just said. And so all listening is still a conversation. It's an internal conversation with ourselves about what we just heard. Interesting. It's, it, it sounds like so much like you almost you're you, when you listen intently, you could also make your head start to spin because you're now thinking about all these different things. There's got to be a way to simplify this, right? There has to be a way to, to simplify this thing. And, and, and I wonder, maybe simplify is the wrong word, but I wonder if my next point aligns with that, and that is the, in, in the empathetic piece of it. And that is genuinely wanting to understand. So you're doing the paraphrasing, you're asking for clarification, but if you genuinely care about what's, you know, about the, either the person, what they're saying to you or what they're saying to you, then your body language will be as such, your facial expressions will be as such, and you can hopefully get to a better spot to understand what they're saying and give a, a thoughtful, uh, like a, give a thoughtful response. So, but if you, if you, if you, you mean it, if you mean it, if you show like empathy or just, or maybe empathy is not the right word, but you know, the intention is that you, you mean it, then hopefully those things start to follow. So just listening, like you actually really care, like that you really care and you really want to understand. So you can really provide some value in a response if you have one to, to, you know, to, to give, but 
I don't know. Let me ask you an honest, know. honest question right now. Did my physiology just knock you off of your foundation on that point as you were making it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, my bad, because <laughs> I started looking away and thinking about whether I agree with this. And then you started softening your take and you were like, I don't you know, but I don't know, maybe, maybe not, you know, it could be if you really can like, and I, and then I noticed that and I was like, Oh God damn it, Keith, you just made Chris insecure about his point. <laughs> and now he's right. It's true. Isn't it? I, I, here's what happened. Yeah, I did waver back and forth, but what I did was I landed with what, what is true to me. And that is like, I am an empathetic guy. Like I definitely care. I want to get to the end result and I'm willing to, I'm willing to eat shit to get there you know, to get to the end result of me. This is the biggest battle I have had in my entire life is me is looking in the mirror and trying to make sure like, no, 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 no. Don't go down this road. You're on this road. Stay on your road. Like you got your guardrails in place. Stay on your road. But but good. Well, good for you for fighting through that. (laughs) My apologies for making you have to even question it. Son of a bitch. Like, yes, I think. So the the reason you watched me kind of, you know, explore that is like, Again, I think like being empathetic is great. I just don't know that you can like I don't it's really hard to summon empathy without tools. Like again, that's kind of an end state. Like it, empathy is an end state. It's not just a resting state. Like you have to work to get there or it has to be naturally evoked in you. Well, well but to be fair, so, hold on, let me stop. But to be fair, what, yeah. We're all in different phases of that, right? Like so where I'm giving it to you is from my perspective of the things I've done and empathy is something I've focused on for a long time is trying to Remember that I'm like I told you, I've got ADHD and I'm trying to solve the problem, right? So the ADHD is my problem because I can go off on tangents, but I'm trying to solve the problem because it comes from a place of like, I, I want to solve problems. Like I am that guy. Like I said, makes Anna frustrated because she just wants me to listen to or not solve her problem. Well, I'm not wired that way. So I have to work through those things. But I'm telling you, this is just from my perspective. Obviously, everybody's different in, in wherever they're at with the training they've had or, or how they understand it, what they understand empathy to be, any of those things. So all I'm doing is giving it from my perspective. So I want your two cents because I don't expect that everybody listening is is like me and you. Like they have, they're in their own process. They have their own, you know, autopilot. They have their own, you know, ways that they maybe show empathy. So I'm just giving it from my perspective. Yeah, well, and that's, I mean, for what it's worth, that's all anyone can ever offer is our own perspective, right? Yeah. That, I think even yeah. No, no matter how hard we try to, to look at, and that's, I think the challenge why I say like, it's, yeah, I, I agree with it. I just don't know if, if as a, when I put my teacher instructor, you know, facilitator hat on, like, am I, if I tell people to be more empathetic, do they know what to do with that, how to get there versus like, so this, this is what evokes for me you know, sort of a, the intent, like what's my intent? Cause if I'm genuinely wanting to explore their experience, that's empathy. So I think that's, I think it is, I think it's good advice as long as people know how to get there. And then, but then I, I think the other tool that really just kind of cracks this for me a little bit is, you know, from the perspective of not making up your mind early, like um, Jack Needham taught me to listen for the last three words. And this was a very profound concept in its simplicity and you know the the premise is like listen for the last three words and somebody would you know always inevitably or i originally was like but how do you know when the last three words are and he was like yeah that's the point and what became amazing was just like the willingness to take that half a second pause to to just 
not feel like you have to respond, not feel like you have to fill every momentary gap of speaking. And what I started discovering was people then would continue and they'd keep talking. And then they'd share a whole bunch more stuff that I was about to cut them off with. And some of the ways that I cut people off are physiologically because I start to like open my mouth or actually lean in to respond. And some of the ways I cut people off are just like literally, you know, I'll interrupt while they're in conversation. So there's silent interruption, there's vocal interruption, there's all types of ways. Then some of the ways I interrupt people is I just stop listening because I hold on to my point and I go, I don't want to forget this. And as a result, they still have a whole bunch of stuff to say, but then I start my point back at the thing that I stopped listening at. And so then they have the experience of not having been heard because they weren't. And so Jack Needham taught us, listen to the last three words. And, and you never know when those are going to arrive. See what I did there? I was, was that a three count? <laughs> People, I'm sure the Yano listeners just like check to see if their feed had been interrupted. They've never heard that much silence on their show in their lives. God, I love this, dude. Oh, man. I was listening for the last three words. Uh, that's an interesting concept, but then you got me thinking about when's the last three words coming? When's the last three words coming so I can pause? Now, I was doing that on purpose. So, Cut me some slack, but now I, I I understand the point is if you're listening to the last few words and you've listened to the entire the, the conversation or the or whatever it is in its entirety and now you can kind of go back and think through how to give a, yeah. a response. And it's a really nice tool because look, we're we already acknowledge that all listening is is an internal conversation. And we're already interrupting with a million different ideas anyway. So if if we can just utilize the tool of like, you know, people say, how do I become a better listener? How do I become a better listener? Listen to the last three words is like the one piece of advice that I would tend to, to give people uh, from my time with, with Jack Needham. And in doing so, you know, so be it. So that maybe you find yourself going, oh, I stopped listening. What do I do? And then you go, oh, wait, listen to the last three words. That's a pretty good little interruption to have there to keep you in the listening. So it's, it's, it's a pretty effective tool. And, uh, like you said, this can all be almost paralyzing if you're trying to think of too many things. So just think of one, listen for the last three words or create a trigger for yourself that just reminds yourself, be curious. That's good. Right. Or be empathetic, whatever you want, like go back to your state and just have a trigger when you find yourself drifting to bring you back and anchor you. That's a beautiful thing. So pick, pick your catchphrase. That's good. Last three words, be empathetic, be curious, be present, whatever, and, and use it. Um, who is, is the guy that you're mentioning an author of a book you read or something like that? He is an author, actually. What's his name he again? Was again? Jack, Needham. Jack Needham. Jack Eugene Needham. Follow him on Facebook. He's a wonderful man. He was actually the, um, I believe his official title was like, like dream maker or something. It was, it was, I think it was like dream maker, something like that. And he worked for Williams Comfort Air for years and they were, of course, you know, Joe Huck and the Huck boys. Like They were a customer. Enough to, I know oh, Joe and Jacob people. and all the guys. Oh, I, I was a part of that whole deal for a long amazing time. Amazing people. Yeah, that's awesome. That's not surprising that you all connected. And, and the Hucks, like, they really got it that they needed to invest in their people. And that's a trite phrase, but they genuinely invested in their people. They literally hired a man who was there 
to support the dreams, the individual and personal growth of their people. And, uh, and Jack was the one that shared that with me. And uh, he is an author. He, I, and, and shame on me for get, forgetting the <clears throat> title of his book. Um, it was, I read it years ago, but he's, he is an author and he's a wonderful man and a deeply spiritual man. And he, he taught me a lot in my, in my time getting to work with him. Fun fact, Joe Huck was very influential in my um, journey because he taught me a lot early on because it was Williams Comfort Air, Mr. Plummer, that they're based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, he, in his Tommy Bahama shirt, um, would teach me in a very polite but stern Joe Huck way of how to pull in service business and install business and drain cleaning business that worked for an HVAC and plumbing company. Um, he taught me early on a lot about the, how to go about doing those things, the verbiage, like the, oh, like the, what, how to solve the problem that the customers, like what the customers are actually thinking before they're called. He taught me so much early on. I'm talking like, Oh, nine, 2009, 2010. And certainly was influential in my early relationship with carrier corporation that kind of pulled us into this HV into the HVAC world. So, so I have a lot of respect for Joe and that, and that family. And, and he and I've done a lot of business together early on in this whole thing. And so I have some love for Joe, for Joe Huck there. Well, if I may, I, I'll share my first experience with Joe Huck because similarly he was massively influential in my career and we were 20, I was 27 years old and I got to go out and visit him. I was just a, uh, I don't know, I was like the trainer. I think it was maybe the sales manager at Winters at the time out in Boston. And uh, and so we go out, we, we get the invitation to go out and meet with this at the time, $25 million a year company, which was, you know, I mean, just an absolute, like unheard of number at the time. You know, this is 13, 14 years ago, right? And, um, and I'm sitting at the table with Joe Huck and I, at dinner and he'll he'll tell this story he it's even worse when he tells it it's even more painful but i'll i'll share it and here i am like this absolute nothing of a nobody of no consequence in the industry but obviously uh thinking that i'm i'm smart enough to to do this and i like and i and i just i was like i got what's up with the fucking tommy bahama shirts <laughs> In the low. And I like gave him shit about his Hawaiian shirt. Like, like, dude, because at that point in my, I had been drilled into me that you're supposed to dress the part, dress the part, dress the part, dress the part. And I'm like, is that, I mean, like, what kind of a message are you sending to people? And I'm me, I'm asking Joe Hawk at dinner, like, what's up with the, the Hawaiian shirt? And he just looked at, he was like, and God bless him. He's such a sweet man. He like, he didn't just absolutely squash me and, and leave me a, a, the, the puddle that I probably should have been. But he and instead, like, invited me in closer and just absolutely continued to mentor me throughout my career, which is such a nice, like, reminder, you know, of somebody with genuine, kind intent. Instead of being challenged on his ego or being like, dude, you know, take a look at what I've built versus what you've done, all the things he would have been in the right to say, he instead laughed at it and, and just played with me and allowed me to continue to be. Uh, you know, coached by him throughout my career. Like the Joe Huck is a a great, great guy, and and has done things in this industry that uh, that nobody had done before, and no one will do since. Yeah, I mean, it was um, he was. Well, I'm glad we're showing him a little bit of love because I can't think the last time I've done it, but um, he he for sure put me in a lot of very humbling moments that 
have created this reputable company that I run today for HVAC and plumbing companies. Like he has certainly helped me understand how to be the best at it from his perspective and how to help myself get better to be a better partner for the contractor so early on and was really great at challenging me like on the regular <laughs> to be better. And so like I learned a lot of valuable lessons from him and not just about the industry, but just about being um, a professional and understanding um, how to work through things. Because when I came into this business, I didn't really know how to run a, a business. I knew how to, to run digital marketing campaigns and I was in sales and thankfully and knew the other half of that, the operations, the finance, the, all the other things that I'm not good at, but I learned some valuable lessons there. And and when I think back to it is because he, I came in with all the confidence in the world to meet with them because I knew I was, I was really good at digital marketing. He set the tone real fast for you're going to need to listen to me. And I did, I had to legit like just be vulnerable and listen because I didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't know what a heat pump meant. I didn't know what a, like just some of the specifics. He started to teach me what I needed to know that, that the contractors actually cared about from his perspective. And that was influ- That was a, that was a big deal for me. And I've carried that with me ever since. And all I, I feel like to feel like all I've done is taken those things and just perfected it year after year, month after month after day. That's the world I'm in. And here I am. Uh, I, I- smartac.com smartac.com if you haven't heard of it you better find out if you haven't implemented it you better check it out you have to get started doing something 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield what are you doing differently than your competitors you need to make sure that your memberships are sticky smartac.com does that lifetime warranty insurance savings filter discounts 24 7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem live tech chat service providers all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. And and what a testament to him, the success that you've had, yeah. right? Like that's, and so that's a really beautiful thing. And I'm, yeah, I'm really glad we got to, got the, to take a minute to acknowledge him. And, and I think it's a nice reminder. And here's here, like the one, you know, one of the things that, that occurred to me while I was listening to you there was to that, um, like, that we have to be really careful to not think that we know that much more or all right so we we now know a lot of what we didn't know then uh but we have to i think it's really important i'll at least speak for myself i have to continue to remember that regardless of knowing a lot more than i knew then there's still you know an infinite amount of what i don't know i don't know and like i should be no more uh I should bring no more bravado than I would have brought back then and, and should, you know, should be bringing even more curiosity now learning both from veterans, you know, who are light years ahead of me and, you know, young people who are coming along and, and have something to offer too. Like it's, you know, I'm now, I'm about to go do a leadership training at GE aviation. I just got off the, the prep call before this. And the, you know, the, the audience is made up of like 22 to 24 year olds that just graduated. It's their whole leadership development program that they, they bring in to do the capstone day on. And it's like, oh my God, when, you know, like Jack Tester warned me of this, but someday I'll be the old guy in the room. Like I'm the old guy in the room now with these, with, with at least this group. 
And, you know, making sure that I go in there with the same damn humility that I should have brought when I was 27 and sitting with Joe Huck and not judging them for whatever potential bravado they may bring. Cause God bless him. He didn't do that to me. Yeah. yeah that's good. I mean, you're so right. Yeah. I mean, in that, and because why should you? There's so much, I think you're just talking about awareness. It seems like, like when I start to think about, I make some of these mistakes when I'm talking to someone who's younger than <clears throat> actually it goes a little bit deeper. I just had this conversation. So I'll use a real real life example. My oldest daughter's 22. Um, she's a fifth year senior at Northern Arizona university fifth year. Um, just in case you guys missed that. <clears throat> That's one more than normal. I think, uh, unless you're Van Wilder, <laughs> if you don't know who Van Wilder is, Google it. It was probably, that was me in college, but I was having this conversation with a uh, smaller contractor, sub three million. Um, the kid leading it, I say kid, maybe he's not a kid. It's twenty two, same age. My conversation with him and the way I'm thinking about him and the way he's like holding himself versus the way I was. I think about how like my daughter's still a fifth year senior in school, just finally figuring things out. Like I look, I think about them different. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, this guy has his shit together. Like he is a smart, sharp kid. And he got my, he got my focus because, but I went into it thinking like, he's 22. Like they're small, but like, well, this isn't the right fit for, for us. Like this, uh, I went in with the preconceived notion, but I only did it because uh, uh, another company I respect very much up there, Ross Albert, Arctic air had made the connection to me. And I did that because I thought if nothing else, I'll give him some good advice and we'll move on, you know? So I went into that conversation kind of already with the wrong, I, you know, the wrong idea of like what it could be. I just, I think we kind of get mixed up sometimes on, you know, or maybe it's just being open to like, maybe just because they're young doesn't mean that they don't understand or get it. And maybe they don't have the tools, but they have the same ambition and the same, you know, and, you know, want to be something. So anyhow, I guess it's just a perspective that we bring in with this regardless of age. Well, so I, it's, it's beautiful. And I, this, this actually miraculously brings like dovetails perfectly to the final point about, okay, so why is this called influential listening? Like what is the, where, where does that term come from? And the premise is that that the final point of, of how to listen influentially is to listen with the courage to risk being influenced by the speaker. So typically when we enter into these conversations, we've got our mind made up and we don't have the courage to explore the possibility that we were wrong or we didn't have all the information or that we might change our mind. And so the reason it's called influential listening isn't about your ability to influence others, but it's actually about your willingness to give influential power to the speaker and to have the courage to let them change your mind and to be willing to say, you know what, I, I wasn't completely there or I didn't have all the information or this, wow, this really does. And, and think about the incredible gift and think about how beautiful it is. You've done this for me many times. And, and, you know, it's like, it's an honor every time when you say something like, wow, you know what? I never thought of that, man. That's a really great point. Like I'm going to do this differently. Now when somebody actually listens to us 
and changes their mind and expresses that it's changed their mind, again, genuinely, it's one of the most incredible gifts we can give to another person. Or we, we, in this context, it's one of the most incredible gifts we can receive is somebody doing that. And it's one of the most incredible gifts we can give as a listener is to say, what you just said changed my way of thinking. What you just said helped me see that I was wrong about something. That is such an absolutely gorgeous way to go through life as a human being, but it takes a ton of courage because our ego is so attached to already knowing. And, you know, Chris, the only thing I want to just invite you into in this conversation is as you look at how you're exploring, you know, the, where your daughter is at, and this isn't like, I want to be really clear. I've, other than being a kid, I have no, um, you know, no, no space to be offering parenting advice, right? This is human to human advice, though, that all somebody gets to be is as you see them. And so if you want your daughter to be, you know, to like play a big game and, and have it all to get like you need to see her as such. Right. And and you you gave this kid a chance to 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 be big and he showed up big. And, you know, that we have to remember to continue to do that, because if you're seeing people in your business as small then don't expect them to play big. If you're seeing them as broken or not having it together, don't expect them to suddenly show up with it together. Like you have to see them for their, all their possibility and give them the chance to live into their possibility. If you want big things from people, you have to see them as big. And so, you know, I share that just whether it be her or just for all of the people that are listening to this, presumably with the courage to listen from a place of wanting to learn something they didn't know before or think differently than they used to think like that, how you choose to see somebody is all that they get to be to us. And that's going to determine how you listen to them. And so listen to them courageously and give them a chance to be everything that you are hoping that they can be and want to see them as. That was super thoughtful. <laughs> that was very profound. Um, and it makes so much sense. Like, you know, it kind of sucks to feel a little bit of guilt from that, you know, of, of not being able to like think that way about someone, because I think a lot of times I, and I, it, this happens to me more with, I think, and not even the, the age of the person. Sometimes it's just the person. And sometimes I am like, mm, I don't know if, if they don't know if he, she's going to, work or if I'm talking to a potential customer, I'm like, mm, I don't know that they're really like the right fit for us because I don't think I, I, I think I prejudged too much and I don't, I don't open myself up to like, I guess being more curious and listening and understanding and seeing like full potential. So I'm immediately, I'm immediately kind of blocked off maybe more than I think. You no. Know, oh, I bet if you're a human, you know, if you're human, like that's, that's natural. So can, can I, 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 just one more thought on this, because you, you used an important word and I think there's a beautiful distinction to be made here. And it's something that I coach really, really um, consistently on because you said, I kind of feel guilty. All right. And, and so there's in, in the course of my therapy, my ongoing therapy, which has been my greatest coaching gift of the last few years um, one of just one of my, uh, one of my therapists, she, she used to ask me to explore the difference between clean pain and dirty pain. This is what she called it. Clean pain and dirty pain. Dirty pain 
was guilt and shame. And dirty pain is like the type of pain that you feel in your gut. It like leaves you in a state of uh, exploring a past that can't be changed. And that's why it feels dirty and it kind of sits in your gut. And, and she would ask me to learn to move that into clean pain and to move it from my gut into my heart. And in your heart, it becomes regret and remorse. And regret and remorse give you the opportunity to learn from those mistakes and alter the course for the future. And when you feel them in your heart, they come from a place of love. When you feel them in your gut, they come from a place of, of wrong and, and ego and all the things that have been, you know, that can't be undone. When you turn them into regret and remorse, you can acknowledge them, you can feel them, still feel them, but choose to do something differently in the future because of them. And so I, in the same vein, I would encourage, like, instead of guilt about what you've done, regret about what's been done so that you can turn it into something beautiful that turns into a gift as you move forward rather than something of the past that can't be. Undone. Yeah, that's great. Otherwise it's a waste of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Hey, let's one, this has been phenomenal. I always feel like I'm going through a therapy session whenever I go through these with you <laughs> in a good way. I mean that in a very positive way. See, I'm smiling when I said that. Um, but again, this is why, like I said, I always love our conversations because you really, you really challenge me to think, you know, you really challenge me to think and be more self-aware about different aspects of whatever it is that we're talking about in this case, listening. Um, so thank you for, for giving me that. Um, I'm always, I'm grateful. I mean, gosh, we've been at it for like hour and 20 minutes along those lines, but that's what I love about conversations with you is it's been that long and I don't even think twice about it because it just, it's, I'm genuinely interested in our dialogue and, and our listeners get to have the byproduct of, of that. Right. And, and it's almost like, this is what this is about. Like, I believe that I constantly have to be learning, not just business, but me, Chris, and, and how to be a better human being, how to be a better leader, how to be, you know, a, better in general. And I want to, I genuinely want to be all those things. And I, and what I love about our conversations, Keith, is you always challenge me in that way. So thank you. Will you do this for me? Because we're kind of down this path. Um, and is, will you just do from your, from your points, just do a quick recap on those, on those points. Forget mine. They're, yeah. they're, they're, give the quick recap on it and then we'll go ahead and, and, uh, and we'll close out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And th so, so this is a great. All right. So, so thanks for showing up the same way that Cynic did. Okay. And in, in that, you know, the willingness to go with the conversation that was present rather than the one that was maybe intended. All right. And to the listeners, thanks for, you know, hanging with us as we navigated that because it was very real and, and happening live. But dude, this is the thing. Chris, you, you make it possible to challenge you. Because if I, if the very first time that I challenged you on the show, you, you shut down or got defensive or decided that like, you know, your ego, like, Hey, this is my show. These are my listeners. You know, like, dude, there's a lot on the line for you to, to put yourself out there and allow me to even, you know, challenge or guide or coach throughout the, sh the show. And I know that you're, you're willing to do that. That's unbelievable fucking vulnerability that like that bro that's your that's 
that's your best self in my view. Like when I see you show up like that, that's when I, I love you the like, well, no, I shouldn't say it that way. I love you the most all the time, but that's when I like adore you the most is when you're, when you're, you know, just willing to like, let it all down and, and be vulnerable on your own show with your own brand in the background and your own audience that you've built and to invite me on for this to take place in your, in front of your audience is unfucking believable. And so you deserve like that deserves to be acknowledged. And so um, thank you for that. And, you know, to, to honor your wish to close it out. Um, you know, number one is, is beware of the physical presence you're creating. Number two is beware of the physiological presence you're creating. Number three is get clear on what your intent is, how you like, what's your intent in this conversation? What's the intent of your listening? I encourage curiosity and understanding those work really well for me um number four is to make sure you listen for the last three words and number five is to listen courageously meaning that you're risking the possibility of being influenced yourself and and when you do that you truly create an open conversation when i do that i truly create an open conversation and uh and so those are the those are the five guides to influential listening as, as i've come to to define them Solid steps. I gave it a three second pause. See, I learned <laughs> solid steps. I did it on purpose. Awesome. Uh, I appreciate, I appreciate it, man. Like I love the open conversation that we have, like I said, so, but, um, are you, listen, I want anybody who's listening to this to be able to connect with you in any way, if they can, if you're cool with it, man, like what's the best way that a listener can reach out to you? Cause I know you've done a lot of amazing things with businesses that are, that can go a lot deeper than even what we just did here, scratching the surface. Like, would you share maybe how these guys can get in touch with you if they want to? You, I know that you get booked out like pretty far in advance on different things and diff your different coaching and stuff like that. Um, but can you just share a way that they can connect with you? Well, yeah, I, I think the, you know, the thing I would love most of all is, well, first of all, I'm like, I'm always available and you can just reach out through my website, which is ethicalinfluenceglobal.com. And what, what I'm trying to do with the website, and it's continuing to get better and better, but there's a lot of resources on there. Like this podcast will ultimately be linked on there as, as any other podcast that I'm on. My full length keynote, I leave it on there for people to watch if they want to watch it. Like it's the whole thing is on there. Um, there's a lot of videos that I'm building. And then same with LinkedIn. Like one of the commitments I have this year is to building an online presence worthy of, of kind of the work that, that we've been doing at ethical influence. And so I'm putting a lot more videos, little three minute videos out there for people um, just to give more. And, and, and so there's no, uh, you know, there's no, there's no need to, for anything to come back this way. Like we want this, you know, we want to unlock a magical level of influence in already exceptional leaders. We want the world to be influenced by people who honor and serve the people that they influence. And so those, those are resources to just, if you want more of this, like, please dive in and just use what's there. It's free. And it's, it's meant for people to take and share and, and learn from. And, and, um, and so that would be, you know, the, the thing that would mean the most, like give us a follow on LinkedIn or Instagram, and then, you know, go ahead and, and dive into the, uh, the website. And then for certain, like, you know, I'm always open. I've actually got some new stuff in the works that I think is going to open up some more 
offerings for people this year to um, to get engaged with some leadership coaching and some leadership um, trainings. And so I'll be excited to announce those when I can officially announce them. But for now, I would just say I'm working on well, it. Let me so. know when you can announce it so I can help you announce it. And the, the other way that you could come and visit with me and meet with me and, uh, you know, possibly uh, get the chance to be in the room for a session would be at Service Titan Pantheon, where I've had the privilege in the past to, to present. And I'll definitely be there uh, representing our organization. Well, you know, I believe in you, man. That's why, like I said, I, I, I tell you, like you try to sometimes be, I mean, you're humble and, and in ways I know I, we've had this conversation about the word humble before. So I almost, I eat my own words, but I like to be able to. Well, no, I love it. I love it for what it's worth. Thank you. I mean, that's but like, you're not humble. the fact that I love being called <laughs> humble so much is the sure sign I'm not humble, but yeah. Well, <laughs> touche. Uh, I like being able to put you out there because I believe so much in you and what you do for the human being. And so that's where I'm coming from. So I want to be helpful with, you know, with putting that out there for people because I think it's healthy. I think it's good for, for them. So for our listeners. So that's where it comes from, but Keith has so many free tools. So we'll make sure that we um, tag um, everything on there to make it easy for you to find it, but tap into the resources. He's given them to you. They're free and start there, you know, and then you can go down the path. So Keith, man, I appreciate you so much. Thank you again for giving me now an hour and a half of your time. Um, you got about uh, a 30 minute gap before you and I are then going to tackle a podcast with Bobby Hamilton. So that's going to be a fun one. The most lovable, the most lovable person I've ever known. Yeah, well, I can't wait for to have that conversation with him and don't tell him if you haven't told him yet, don't tell him if you already have then damn you. Oh no, I haven't. That's great. We'll surprise we'll him. He'll we'll love it. He loves surprises. He's a yellow for those who know color code. He's a yellow. He likes fun. I'm a yellow. I'm a yellow fun. purist. Does that shock you with a little bit of red? I love <laughs> it. That's, and that's a wonderful leadership color code. So perfect. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up with a, um, with a review like I normally do. And this one in particular is from Jose Mina, uh, TX priceless education, TTP to the point is always pumping out great content and delivering every week, just like this episode you listened to. Um, not only do I always get nuggets, but it makes my drive time easy and entertaining. Thanks, Chris. Jose, thank you. Like the most meaningful thing that you can do for me with this podcast is leave a review like that. So thank you because that is its purpose. It serves its purpose. Anyone listening who would love to leave a uh, review for Keith. I love being able to share specific reviews with any of the, the guests that have been on for an episode. So please do those things. I'd encourage you, but Keith, thank you again, my friend. You're welcome, brother. And and it was a treat. I really appreciate and it. And listeners, thank you. Obviously he gives lots of stuff. He has his steps. I had my steps, my steps quickly diverted to keep back to Keith's steps. I had to uh, learn what the word <laughs> physiological mean meant, but <laughs> listen, you don't have to do everything. But you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile. 
scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.